0: Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmiami.org slash connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now a special message by Pastor Carlos. The next day the great crowd that had come took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Psalm 27. Now I want to go over to the book of Psalms. Psalm 27 verse 14. What's that first word? Wait. Say like you mean it. Wait. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And what's that next word? Wait, Wait for the Lord. Amen. That's the word of God. I want to invite you to have a seat now. You know, I want to begin our time together by sharing a story with you. You see, my wife and I, we've been married for almost seven years, and I still remember at the outset of our marriage, we went on this amazing vacation, amazing trip to the beautiful island of Jamaica. Yeah. How many of you from Jamaica here? Yeah. And one of the things that I quickly discovered about Shawnee is that she loves to travel. In fact, how many of you here, show of hands, raise your hand if you like to travel. Yeah, yeah. Most of us. How many of you don't like to travel? Raise your hand. Yeah. Well, we were so excited about this trip because we were going to go on an all-inclusive resort. But I want to take you on the journey because there were a lot of stages of waiting before we made it to our destination. Folks, I had my suitcase ready and we had all our stuff ready. And so we call an Uber driver on We put it on our phone and we had to wait for that Uber driver to come and pick us up. And we make it to Miami International Airport. And as we go inside the airport, there is a long line before we check in our flight and Get all the information, and so we go through that line. And once you're done with that line, you have to go where? Through TSA. So we're there waiting for about 45 minutes in TSA, and finally, we you know have to take your belt off and your shoes, and you go through there, and they tell us what gate to go to. And when we make it to our gate, our flight is delayed. So we're there waiting in the lobby, waiting in that room, and. Then they start calling all the different zones, first class, zone one, zone two, and we're like zone 33. <laughs> it's like, all right, everyone else, come inside the plane. So we make it to the plane, and I am, we're flying over the beautiful island of Jamaica, and I'm like, we've made it. I have my reggae music. I'm saying, yeah, Mom, to I got my suntan lotion, my flip flops, but folks, we fly into Ocho Rios, Jamaica, and then we're having to wait because the gate is not available. Has that ever happened to you, right? Having to wait. Finally, we make it into the airport, and then we're having to wait in customs for about 30 minutes, and then we're out of there, and then the people tell us, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Cardenas, you're... Shuttle van isn't here yet, so go to this waiting room. And then we're having to wait, and finally, we make it into our beautiful destination the beautiful island of Jamaica, this incredible experience. You see, throughout the entire journey, there were a lot of stages of waiting before we made it to our destination. But if you were to ask my wife and I, would you go back to Jamaica? on that trip we would say of course we would absolutely sign me up today (laughs) why because the experience was worth all of the waiting the experience was worth all of the waiting now let me bring that story to our teaching for today Because just like I had many stages of waiting before I made it to my destination, in our life, we're going to have many seasons of waiting, of waiting, seasons of waiting before we get an answer from God. And here's the interesting thing, that oftentimes we have no problem waiting on a beautiful trip It's not difficult for us to wait in a long line at Nosberry Farm, if you're at the Redland campus, enjoying those sticky buns. But when it comes to waiting on God, on the most significant things of life, oftentimes we may struggle to wait on God. And here's what I want you to understand today. In fact, this is our big takeaway if you're watching us online waiting on God is always worth the wait let me say that again waiting on God is always worth the wait now you may be thinking Pastor Carlos I have been waiting on God I am in a waiting season of my life how exactly do I wait on God I am struggling for answers I am searching well, we're going to find out today as we navigate through this narrative in John chapter twelve. If you have your inserts, I want you to take out your listening guide, and we also have a new uh, church app, and so you can take out your smart default, smartphone devices as well. And here's the first point that I want you to write down today: the truth of the matter is, we do struggle uh, to wait on Jesus. We do struggle to wait on Jesus. I want to take us back to the passage and the narrative in John 12, and here's what the Word of God says. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. So they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes. In the name of the Lord, blessed is the King of Israel. Now, let's stop right there because I want to give you some context to set up the teaching and the passage for today. You see, this narrative is known as Palm Sunday. This is the time where Jesus is riding on a donkey and he is making his way into Jerusalem where days later he would be crucified on the cross and they'd be risen from the grave. Now, this is the culmination of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus did ministry for about three years, and at this point in his life, he was a very, very popular person because all over Jerusalem, all over the different towns and villages, they had heard about the miracles that he had performed. For example, in John chapter 2, people had heard about Jesus turning water into wine, in John chapter 6, they had, turned about, they had heard about Jesus feeding over 5,000 people with five pieces of bread and two pieces of fish. And the day before this narrative, in John chapter 11, Jesus had just resurrected Lazarus from the grave. And so at this moment in the Bible, Jesus was very popular and he was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey on a coat. In fact, here's what the Word of God says in verse 12. The great crowd that had come for the festival, now what festival is that? That was Passover. And theologians believe that there were about 2.4 million people that were gathered, gathered in Jerusalem at that time. And many of them heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. So they took palm branches And went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna. Say with me, Hosanna. Hosanna! At all of our campuses, say "Hosanna!" Hosanna. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle or underline that word, Hosanna. We just sang about that in one of the songs in our worship set. That is a Hebrew word that means save us now. You see, these people were desperately waiting for the Messiah to appear, and now they're saying, save us now. In fact, the reason why they took palm branches is because in the ancient world in the first century, the palm branch was a symbol of peace. It was a symbol of success. It was a symbol of victory. And so they laid their palm branches as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a coat. However, these people were desperately waiting for the Messiah. In fact, the Jews felt that the Messiah, that God, was not even listening to their prayers. Here's why. Because between the Old Testament and the New Testament, before the arrival of Jesus, there was a period of 400 years where God did not say anything. And so the people of God felt like God was not listening to their cry, like God was not listening to their prayers. One of the reasons why we struggle to wait on God if we were to be honest, it's because we feel that God isn't listening to our prayers. In fact, I want you to write that down as your next point for today. If you're watching us online, we feel that God isn't listening to our prayers, and that's exactly how David, in the book of Psalm, he felt that way. Here's what the Word of God says in Psalm 86. David writes, hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Hear my prayer, Lord, listen to my cry for mercy. Psalm 13, David writes, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God. David felt like God was distant. God was removed from his creation. God was far away. And perhaps you feel that way. Maybe you walked through those doors and you're waiting for an answer and you feel like God is far away. In fact, when we're waiting on God to answer one of our prayers, it can feel like everybody is listening but God. Our friends are listening, our siblings are listening. Our parents are listening, co-workers, even our phones are listening. Even our phones. Let me give you an example. Um, About a month ago, we thought that my wife was pregnant. We have three children, so we thought she was pregnant. And so I go to the Walgreens, and I buy a pregnancy test, and we had not told anyone. We did not share that information with our parents or none of of the, the, you know, my Leaders here, pastors, and it was just her and I. She did the pregnancy test and she's not pregnant, okay? So don't start any rumors. She's not pregnant. And that night, I am scrolling through my phone. I'm just scrolling through my phone and I am on my Instagram account. And as I'm scrolling through, all of a sudden, I see this post, sponsor post, on my Instagram account a pregnancy test. That has never happened before. Is my phone listening to me? Has that ever happened to you? Has it happened to you? Because it is happening now. In fact, we're talking about, you know, whether or not we should uh, buy a home and we're having conversations and, you know, just looking into it. I have a plethora of ads on my Facebook, Amazon, Google, Instagram about all these different loan opportunities. An FHA loan and conventional loan, and now is the time to buy. Interest rates are low. Everybody is listening to us. You tell Siri, Siri, I am sick. I have a fever. What should I take? And she gives you an answer. Or the Google Home, or what's the other one? Alexis? What's the other one? Alexa. Hey, Alexa, I have a headache. What should I take? And she gives you an answer. And when we're waiting on God, it can feel like everyone is listening but God. And maybe you feel that way. Maybe you walked in through those doors at one of our campuses and you feel like God is not listening to you. Can I remind you today, that is a lie of the enemy. Can I remind you today that that is a lie? That God listens to our prayers? In fact, the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 12... Here's what the word of God says. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are what? Okay. Say it loud and clear. Are what? Okay. Are open to their prayer. Psalm 34 says the righteous cry out and the Lord what? Hears. Hears them and he delivers them from all their troubles. See, David felt like God was distant, like God was removed Like God was not listening to the prayers, and maybe you feel that way. Maybe you've been praying about something for a while, and you feel like God is not listening. One of the reasons why we struggle to wait is because we feel like God isn't listening to our supplications. Another reason why we struggle to wait on God is because we have the wrong expectations. The wrong expectations. Here's what the Word of God says in John chapter 12, verse 12. The great crowd shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As they saw Jesus ride into Jerusalem on a donkey, this great crowd, they were saying, that is my God, that is my king, that is my savior, that is my Lord. But wait a minute, if we go over to John 19, several days later, Not even a week after, in John 19, the same crowd that was saying, that's my Messiah, that's my Savior, they were saying, take him away, take him away, crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. Why? How could the same people that were saying, that's my Messiah, that's my king, that's my Lord, that's my Savior, days later say, crucify him? I don't know that man. I'm not associated with that guy. Because their expectations were not met. You see, what they were expected was for Jesus to rescue them from Roma. Just some little historical information. At this time, Israel was under the Roman government. Rome controlled everything. And so as Jesus rode into Jerusalem... They wanted someone to rescue them from all their problems and rescue them from Rome. Because the Roman government would extract taxes from them. In other words, what they were expecting was an earthly Messiah. They were expecting someone to rescue them from their political condition They were expecting someone to rescue them from their financial condition. But what they really needed to be rescued from was their spiritual condition. What they wanted was an earthly Messiah. But what God had for them was a risen Savior. And at that moment, their expectations were not. Matt. What happens when God does not meet your expectations? Do you wait on Him patiently? See, all of us in here at all of our campuses, we have unmet expectations. Sometimes with things that are very important in our life, or sometimes with the very minute things of life. In fact, have you ever ever had someone hype up something or build up something and you expected it to be one way? but the reality felt short from the expectation. Has that happened to you? Yeah, someone, a friend of yours? You know, about a year ago, our entire staff team, we went on this uh, retreat, and it was a time for us to be refreshed and to pray together, worship together, and have a good time, and we heard from uh, Pastor Rick. And when we went to this retreat, all of you know Pastor Omar. He preached last week, and he did an amazing job, right? If you didn't hear it, hear it on our website. Well, Pastor Omar had been to this place with his wife, before, so the moment that I get to this retreat, Pastor Omar tells me, Carlos, the dessert in this place is amazing. It is gonna change your life. I mean, there is a buffet of all these different choices that you can choose from. They put together this show. It is so awesome. I can't wait. So the day went on, and the guys we were playing flag football and volleyball. He's like, Hey guys, hey guys burn those calories now, get your workout out now, go to the gym, because you're going to want to indulge yourself, save up those calories, so I'm like, man, this dessert is going to be amazing, dinner time comes, we've had just worship together, and I'm enjoying my dinner, he's like, papo, papo, don't eat too much, I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to enjoy some chicken and rice, can I just enjoy this food? save those calories. So finally, the time came when it was dessert time, and I'm expecting my life to be changed. I am expecting just uh, all these desserts that I can indulge in, and I'm waiting in line, and I'm just waiting, and I make it to the table And there's like just ice cream and something else that you can choose from. I mean, Golden Corral is better than stuff. What are you talking, I mean, I like Golden Corral. No offense if you like Golden Corral. A McFlurry and McDonald's is better than this. The cookies and Panera are better than this stuff. What are you hyping it up? The expectation was here, but the reality felt short. You know, it's funny when we talk about ice cream or dessert, but it's not funny when we're referring to a marriage, when we expected our marriage to be a certain way, and when we walked down that aisle, we all have expectations. When we saw our beautiful bride make her way to us, we were expecting to be together, to have a spiritual marriage, to be healthy, to travel all over the world, to raise healthy children, and our expectation was here, but the reality is that our house feels like a war room. We're constantly fighting. We're never on the same page. Rather than being in marriage, we've become roommates. Talking about divorce. Or maybe you're here today and your expectation was that by now you would be married. By now you would have found the love of your life. That man or that woman that you can do life together, and everybody around you, all your friends, are either married or having children, and you're still the only one who is single, and you were expecting to be married, but you are still, still single. Or maybe you were expecting to be further along in your career, and maybe you're here today, you've been working in the same job for years and years. Maybe you lost your job, and you were expecting To have a better opportunity by now. What happens when God does not meet your expectations? What happens when your expectations are not met? Do you still worship Jesus? See, these people, they were expecting someone to rescue them from all their problems But had they waited, they would have witnessed the greatest miracle of a risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who did much better for them. So here it is how you wait for God. We wait patiently when we have the right expectations. We wait patiently when we have the right expectations. Because here's what I know. Jesus might not meet your expectations but he will always live up to his word let me say that again thank you nigel you got that let me say that again jesus might not meet your expectations but he will always live up to his word in other words you may be single right now and you're still waiting for that person can i remind you today colossians 2 10 says that in christ you are complete you don't need that man you don't need that woman to make you complete Maybe your finances are not what you expected them to be. Can I remind you today that the word of God says that my God is able to supply not some of my needs, not a few of my needs, not whatever he chooses, but all of my needs. Maybe you were expecting God to heal you from the sickness that you've been dealing with and you've been waiting for God to heal you. Can I remind you that Psalm 99 says that he is a stronghold in times of trouble. 2 Corinthians 1 says that he's the God of our comfort who comforts us in all of our trials. God might not meet your expectation, but he's always going to live up to his word because he is faithful. And what God had promised them was not to be liberated from Rome, That wasn't the expectation. His word said that he would save them from their sins because he is a risen Savior. Had they waited a couple more days, they would have witnessed Resurrection Sunday. Do you believe that today, church? Come on and give Jesus a shout of praise at all of our campuses. We wait patiently by knowing it's his time, not your time. Tell the person next to you it's his, it's his time. Tell the other person next to you it's not your time. <laughs> 2 Peter 3, verse 8. With the Lord, a day is like what? It's like what? A thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. You know, I was born and raised in the city of Miami. However, at the age of 16, my family, we moved to uh, Cary, North Carolina. It's a community, a town outside of Raleigh, if you're familiar with the area. And once, one thing that I quickly discovered about the Carolinas is that 3 o'clock meant 3 o'clock. <laughs> 3 o'clock meant 3 o'clock because I was used to Miami time or Cuban time, Hialeah time, however you want to call it. And so I kid you not, I was about 16 years old, and I got invited to a men's breakfast at the church, and the invite said 9 a.m., and it was about 9.12-ish, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be there early. This is going to be the pastor and me. We're going to be able to enjoy some fellowship before everyone gets there. And so I'm pulling up into the church parking lot about 9.15, and the entire parking lot is full. What? I mean, I was operating in the wrong time. I get to the fellowship hall, and everyone was eating breakfast already. The worship was almost done. Pastor was about to go up and do the devo. I almost missed the whole thing. And so then I decided to, we, we moved back to Miami, and I was 21. And that culture of the Carolinas was embedded in me, and I had forgotten about Miami time. And I got invited to a baby shower, and it said 3 p.m. is the invitation. So I'm like, okay, need to get there. And it's about 3.05, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I am late. So I make it into this venue, and I kid you not, they were still setting up the place. <laughs> the food wasn't even there. I promise you, I started helping them set up this entire place. <laughs> hey, pass me the cooler, pass me the ice. Okay, we'll put this table here, these chairs, things, all these things the party started. Guess what time? 5.30. 5.30. I was operating in Carolina time. I have forgotten about Cuban time here. Can I remind you today? God doesn't operate in your time. He doesn't operate in Carolina time. He doesn't operate in Miami time. He operates in his time. Why? Because it's his plan, not your plan. It's his glory, not your glory. It's his purpose, not your purpose. He operates in his own time. And so as you're waiting for God to reveal himself to you, just remember he's operating in his own time because he is God. You know, the chapter before, John chapter 12 and John chapter 11, the story of, of Lazarus, the Bible says that Jesus showed up a couple days late. And Martha says, Jesus, had you had been here, my fr- brother would have not died. She basically, he basically told Martha, I operate in my time, not your time. And he was raised from the grave after being dead for four days. God operates in his time, not your time. We wait patiently by understanding and knowing that it's his time, not our time. And here's the last one that I want you to write down today. We wait patiently by being still and knowing that he is God. Knowing that he is God. Psalm 46, verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. Here's what I love, verse 10. Be still and know that I'm God. Say it with me. Be still and know that I am God. A couple years ago, about three years ago, our oldest son, Noah, who, Noah who's, about five years, who's five years old now. It was a Saturday afternoon, and we were at home, our entire family. And all of a sudden, Noah screams very loudly. And so we go into his room, and we see that Noah is crying, and he's panicking. And my wife and I ask him, Noah, Noah, what's wrong? What's going on with you? And he tells us, I ate a screw just like that. I ate a screw. At that moment, I was scared, afraid. I had no idea what to do next. Is he even telling the truth or what really happened? And So we got Noah and we rushed him into Miami Children's Hospital. I remember pulling up into the hospital and going to the front desk and saying, Ma'am, Ma'am, you need to help my son. He just told me that he swallowed a screw. So they took him into this room and the first thing they did was do an x-ray And sure enough, there's a screw right there on the x-ray. And the doctor said, it is a fairly large screw. Mr. and Mrs. Cardenas, we have to take your son and do a procedure. So folks, I remember the doctor telling me, wait in that waiting room. And I was there waiting, thinking to myself, what is going to happen to my son? Is he going to have permanent damage to his esophagus or his intestine or his throat? Are they going to have to do another surgery to him? Is he going to stay here overnight? I even started thinking I am a bad dad. How can I allow this to happen? I am a bad parent. And folks, what what was 25 minutes felt like an eternity. I kept on looking at the door waiting for that doctor to come in and give us the news. And as I was waiting there in that waiting room, I thought to myself, God, you're God. And my son's life, little Noah's life is in your hands. I'm gonna trust you in this time. And so I kept on waiting. My wife and I and our family was there. Finally, the doctors came. The doctor said, Mr. Cardenas, Mrs. Cardenas, uh, let me show you in this container. I have the screw that your son swallowed. And He showed it to me. And immediately I asked him, but is he okay? He said he's going to wake up in about five minutes and you can take him home. Your son is fine. By the grace of God, by the grace of God, God Listen, and heard my prayer i don't know what you're waiting for today maybe your son or daughter is far away from the things of god and you've been supplicating you've been praying god please hear my prayer save my son i want to remind you today be still and know That he is god or maybe you've been waiting for your husband or your wife to change and you've been crying out to god and you are in that waiting room and it feels like forever i want to remind you today if you're watching us online be still and know that he is god because god is with you in spite of whatever you go through in life maybe you're waiting what to do next with my life you have no idea if you should go to another company if you should move to, from, to another city, I want to remind you today, be still and know that He is God. Why? Because waiting on Jesus is worth the wait. Waiting on God is always worth the wait because we serve and worship a risen Savior who came from the grave, died on the cross, and was risen from the grave. Come on, how many of you believe that today? Give Jesus a shot of praise. Amen amen, amen I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes at all of our campuses and if you're watching us online maybe you are in a waiting room right now you have no idea what to do next in your life I pray for God's peace I pray for God's joy I pray for God's strength God Lord God I just pray for our church God And for those who are watching us online as well, God, may you comfort them now. You might not meet our expectations, but you will always live up to your word. Your word says in Hebrews 13 that you will never leave us nor forsake us. So God, we hold on to that truth, God. We thank you, Lord, because you came and died and you were buried and you were raised from the grave and Easter is about you Jesus and we wait on you Lord as every head is bowed and every eye is closed maybe you're here today and you're joining us for the first time or maybe you've been here for many months and you've never made a decision to follow Christ perhaps God is pursuing you God is waiting on you to make that decision the Bible says in Romans 3 for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God But here's the good news. In Romans 10, the word of God says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It is a prayer that God will always answer with a yes. You can make the best decision of your life today, this weekend. If that is you today, if you're making that decision, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. It is not the words that save you. This is not a scripted prayer. What saves you is the condition of your heart. And God wants your heart. He wants your life. Father God, we come before you. And we recognize that we are sinners in need of saving. Jesus, I believe that you were dead, but you were risen from the grave. And today I turn away from my old life. I repent from my old ways and I run to you. And Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord, to be my best friend, to be my Savior, to be my God, to be my everything. I trust in you, Lord. I thank you, God. Write my name in the book of life. It's in your holy and precious name that I pray. Amen. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know at cfmemi.org connect and filling out a connection card. We wanna thank you so much for joining us. We love you and God bless.